Welcome to the England Rugby Pod. Thanks for downloading episode 162, England against South Africa in the final of the 2019 Rugby World Cup, history in the making. You're listening to the England Rugby Pod, the rugby podcast that believes England will win the World Cup in 2019. Hey guys, two days to go. This is getting huge. Dan, this is huge. Mate, I, th- I think this might be the biggest pod we will ever do. Um, <laughs> it's going to be because... the only pod we'll ever do. But... <laughs> yeah, well, as in this, this, this episode. episode. Because the next one, obviously during the game, won't be heard till after the game when we're world champions. But it's this is it. This is the last pod before 9am on Saturday where we... Where we, where the, the guys out there fight for immortality and become absolute legends of English sport. Yeah, you're right. This is this is the last time our listeners will hear from us before our prediction either comes true or falls flat on its ass. Obviously, leaning towards the uh, the coming true part. Yeah, yeah. It's because uh, some people, I think that we we need to remember. Yes, we beat. Australia well and we were awesome against the All Black but we've still got to be a really good team on Saturday yeah we do uh, and that's part and parcel of winning a World Cup you know the, there's no there's no real easy rides um, <clears throat> you know the teams that you're that you're facing are there particularly once you get to the knockout stages they're there because they've won games where they needed to win games to, to get to get themselves in that position and there's always going to be a favourite there's always going to be an underdog um, and results will typically dictate that, but um, you know this is professional sport at the highest level, and anything goes on the day. And um, you know you can't just look at the last result and go, "Well, everyone's going to repeat what they did," and therefore the outcome is is already clear. But um, but we're going to do our best to discuss this game in a way that definitely leans in that direction and, and makes it quite clear that England have got this covered. Yes, yeah, absolutely, mate. And do you know what? I'm sure we have. I've been watching uh, over the last few days. I've been watching loads of the sort of like the Rising Suns, the highlights of England, New Zealand, obviously watched 2003 final again. And I, I, I 2003 final has no relevances, but the rest of it, England seem in a good place. They, they don't seem to have got ahead of themselves. They seem to, whereas... You and I and others, I'm sure, are getting overly carried away. They don't seem to have. They seem ready. Oh, I, I 100% agree with you. But uh, let, let's come back to that because that's what this is yeah. going to be all about. And before we get stuck in, you know, we've we've been getting some um, some comments and some feedback and some reviews and things. So it's always good to share that at the beginning. Um, so I just want to start with an email from our good friend Sean Farrell. Nice. Uh, he says, hello, gents. Uh, the game between England and the All Blacks certainly didn't disappoint. And I wanted to say that I found Dan's jokes to be utter class. Honestly, <laughs> I think he made the wrong career move. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, Sean. As a previous listener tried to describe you too, I thought I'd give my, my five cents too. Uh, Andy, I think you're quite tall and wear spectacles. Uh, I also <laughs> think you've got dark hair and like wearing button shirts with polka dots on. In other words, classy. Dan, I mean, where do we begin? I think you, <laughs> I think you didn't like your beard originally, but it grew on you. I also have to be honest, I feel as if you're the type of person to have a lucky pair of socks. 
maybe a more casual version of Andy. Uh, back to the rugby. Do you think England should play May if he's not 100% fit? We want our wingers to be clinical, and I have my doubts as to whether his pace um, is unhindered by his injury. It wouldn't be the end of the world to play Noel and have Big Joe on the bench. Also, I think South Africa will be very physical, and I hope England don't get lured into an arm wrestle. They need quick ball, and I think under Curry will be more important than ever to stop scavenging Bok forwards. I think Dealand or Dealande is in rousing form, so I hope Manu brings him down to earth hard and that Ford's channel holds up. First 20 minutes should set the tone for this match. Let's go, England. Thanks for the three year journey, fellows. Uh, it's been marvellous. Whatever happens on Saturday, I hope your banter lives on. Oh, nice, nice. Thanks, Sean. Um, he's, he's probably, well, a few things. He's not far off. You, you are tall. Um, what, you're 6'3", something like that. Um, you're, you're dark hair, right? You don't you don't have the glasses. You're... You, 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 don't own I'd a polka shirt, but... Yeah, but not, not a polka shirt. I mean, I mean, you're quite smart, but you're, you're quite... Definitely well, so, classy. Yeah. Compared to me, you're classy, and compared to me, you're a lot more fashionable. To, to be fair, though, you are more like Wurzel Gummidge, so to, <laughs> I, to be I, described I, as classy I, I compared a... to you, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think the only thing he got wrong with you is that there's no beard, um, and that's only because when you grow a beard, you tend to look a little bit pedo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's not far off. You're, you're the beard man. I'm I'm more a sort of jeans or bodies t-shirt type person, and Andy, Andy's quite fashionable, yeah, tall with a beard, but yeah. No, that's not bad. That's not bad. Should we yeah. focus on the rugby? Yeah, let's do that. He let's asks the that. question of Johnny May. Um, uh, personally, I, I would say if Johnny May wasn't 100% fit, they, then he wouldn't be selected. I don't think that Eddie... Eddie, with the, with the amount of... With the options that Eddie has at the back, yes, Johnny May is, is you know, quickest guy in world rugby or whatever he is at the moment and vitally important. But as, as uh, Sean points out... You know, you've got Jack Knoll, who may or may not still be injured. I'm not sure what the situation is there. You've got Joe Cock and the Seager. Uh, yeah, there are options. And I don't think they would be putting May in if they didn't think he was fit. He even said, in fact, um, I think training on Monday, the run through, they, they were actually having to tell Johnny May to just take it easy because he was yeah, he was that. absolutely firing. So uh, it's a different it's a different injury. The one that he sustained that took him off the pitch is different to the one that he had. So I think it was a hamstring. I think it was, was it a hamstring before the New Zealand game, which potentially had an impact on him and it ultimately came off. But actually, I think he didn't come off with a quad issue. It was some, there was something. I think they were different, different problems. Um, but I, I don't think they would play him if he wasn't 100% fit. So the fact that he's been selected, um, well, to me, that says he's 100% fit. Even if they rolled the dice with playing him, I think on the bench they would have put another winger on instead of uh, Slade and JJ. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident he's 100 percent fit. And Johnny May these days is just such a world class winger. I'm going to go so far as to say, I think he might be the best winger in the world. Interesting. I, I'm there trying aren't, to think... there aren't many teams that wouldn't that wouldn't seriously consider putting him in their starting fifteen. <laughs> there's there's no team he wouldn't be in the starting fifteen. Um. He goes on to say South Africa will play a very physical uh, yeah, yeah, for game sure. and he hopes England don't get lured into an arm wrestle. Now, I, I don't think they will. I think this, this goes back to what you said a moment ago, Dan, about um, you know, the way that they just kind of they seem ready. I, I think they're so, they're so kind of composed at the moment and they're so clear on what they need to do. I, I think they'd almost say, do you know what? If, if South Africa want to have an arm wrestle, 
then we'll send in half our team to to wrestle them while the others cause havoc around the, around the sort of the edges and around the breakdowns and out wide and I I just think they've got a game plan for that. I don't I don't see them getting sucked into a game um that forces them to you know forces the finals to turn out to be a game like Wales against South Africa last weekend. Um and it's we'll come on to it but it's interesting that they've made you know they've made one very significant change but which we'll talk about but but generally they haven't made any changes which would imply that they're not necessarily looking to do they're not necessarily looking to 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 play a very different kind of game plan anyway i'm digressing because yeah. we are going to discuss this and i want to get through the rest of these um right, cool. these reviews uh the last thing under curry uh, I, I i like it I like it. I, um, I'm, 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 I'm jealous that they've got that name and not me. Well, yeah, oh. well, yeah, I hear. No, no, I see what you're saying. I mean, under Curry, oh, it's, it's good. I, but I, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, you got to throw Billy in there. I say I'm thinking. I've obviously seen it on Twitter already, um, and it's been stolen by the boys at um, uh, Egg Chasers. Although, to be fair, they did give it credit, and that was, uh, was it? Under Cola or oh nice nice Vuna 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 Punda or I can't, Vuna Kunda Vuna it's there's some brilliant uh, name of the three pinned together but um, yeah Under Curry fair enough uh, it so does sound you... like something that you that you ha- have in the morning after a nasty curry <laughs> yeah 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 I've, I've many of them um, it's I can't believe from two years ago how much our back row is now the best in the world i i truly believe that oh they they, they are awesome um and they just yeah. they just sort of they just sort of fit together like a perfect jigsaw um kind of they, they just offer everything you need a back row to offer uh which is amazing and let's just hope that they all come through this unscathed and you know it's and it's and they're so young you know, this is a back row that's still going to be the same back row in all likelihood in four years' time. Mate, there's no way that, there's no way it'll be the same back row. The, the way those boys put their body on the line, I'd, I'd be amazed if they're walking in four years' time. Let alone, don't, uh, don't don't worry about that. Uh, Trust me. I, all, all I'm worried about is if they play like they've been playing this Saturday, that that is a massive advantage. Those two are hard as nails and they're awesome. And I heard a pod the other day. I, I think it might have been Flats and Shanks when they were saying about they've changed tackling because everyone was thinking you have to tackle a bit higher to stop the offload. But if you tackle they've, around they've, the waist, like under, yeah, Underhill and Curry tackling around the waist, because they smash people back, you can't offload anyway. So they are leading. Those guys are awesome. I, I'm so glad they're playing on Saturday. I, I think they're, I think they're a massive key to us winning this game. Oh, mate. A hundred percent, but you know that this is this is what it's all about, isn't it? You know, you've 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 got everyone has their role. Um, they're oh, vitally yeah, yeah. important, but you know, Maratoje in the second row, and you know, Sinks and Jamie George in the front row. Um, obviously, Vernapola's both um, the whole lot. Courtney Laws, what what he brings in the in the midfield, not in the midfield, in the in the middle of the scrum, um, just just across the board. Uh, they've all got their role to play, and I think that's just what makes this so. Brilliant to watch. Um, just quickly, I had to look it up because it was annoying me that I was getting it wrong. Kunda Pola. 
Cunderpola. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Cunderpola and Cunderhill was the uh, <laughs> was the original that, that led on to that. Um, but yeah, uh, awesome, um, awesome back three. Moving on, he, his final point is he thinks Dale Ande is in rousing form. He describes and wants Manu to bring him down to earth. Against Wales, he scored one try, South Africa's only try, and yeah. it was you know it was it was very poor defence. I mean, he he ran through four or five tackles, but they weren't. I mean, to, to call them tackles or even attempted tackles is yeah. doing too much justice to us. I just I just wonder whether you know England dealt with Karevi, and to me, someone like Karevi is far more of a threat. Yeah, I, so, so I agree. Karevi is a threat, but they don't forget you had a different lineup. Yeah, for yeah, for sure. And, Whereas and... Uh, Dillander, but he he is powerful and he's a strong runner and he is a threat. Uh, people, that was one of the things I heard. Were like, will he attack Ford? I think Ford's defence is fine. He's not going to smash anyone. He doesn't need to. Uh, no, exactly, exactly. But I think it's fine. And when you've got the uh, kamikaze kids on the prowl exactly George Ford is the most protected man in world rugby right now he's basically got Cundapola you know (laughs) watching his back so all he's got to do is get around the ankles slow the guy down and let Curry Underhill or Billy or or Marrow or you know Marrow's more turnovers than anyone else just just he doesn't need to knock them back in the tackle that's not his job his job is to put them on the floor even if they make a couple of yards you know it's almost better, in fact, that he takes them around the ankles and they naturally go kind of over the top of him, sort of to, you know further towards the England line, giving the poachers the opportunity to get in over the top and, and turn that ball over. So I yeah. think I think he he should be feeling pretty confident. And I think if South Africa's game plan is to target George Ford, I think they might have a a, a rather nasty surprise. Yeah, I I think so because I George Ford um, I don't think he's given credit for his. His defence, his defence isn't brilliant. It's not a Johnny defence, but he doesn't miss many tackles. He doesn't push you out back down. He doesn't do like Dan Bigger the other week. Um, Dan Bigger kind of let him through. George Ford won't do that. George Ford will tackle him. Yes, he might make ground, but fine. Then, like you say, you've got Thunder Polar or whatever or whatever they're called backing him up. So <laughs> we're good. We're good against. Um... Against South Africa, uh, sorry, South Africa. Uh, against New Zealand. So I, I had a, I told you about a chat I was having with someone on on Twitter, and I had to look up some stats. And against New Zealand, our top tackler was Underhill with sixteen. Yeah. Our second top tackler was joint between Marrow and Owen Farrell with fifteen, and in third place George Ford with thirteen. Yeah. So. You know, he made 13 tackles against New Zealand. And people will argue, well, it's it's not about the number of tackles. It's about the impact those tackles have. Well, I think actually, as long as you're making your tackles, when, when you're playing that close to a roaming group of legends like Kundapola, um, as long as you're making your tackles, and, you know, like I say, he made 13 of them there, those guys, you know, we got a record number of turnovers off the back of it. So I would say, bring it on. Let him run at George Ford all day long. Let George Ford make those tackles around the ankles, and it doesn't have to knock them back in those tackles. And let the let the poachers come in and uh, and wreak havoc. Um, anyway, we've spent a lot of time looking at this one <laughs> review. Let's let's move along. Um, 
Let me come back to that one quickly. We've got a couple of uh, iTunes reviews. One from uh, Airborne FF again. It says, just heard Dan's jokes. Maybe a night out isn't a good idea. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I agree. Um, and then we've also five stars. And uh, another five stars from Yorge. 160684 says love this pod be, uh, best England rugby coverage that is out there you guys have to continue to do this by far the best pod I've listened to awesome thank you it's the only pod he's listened to as well but that's not the point it's, <laughs> it remains the best one uh, so yeah re- appreciate those five stars and your comments there Jorge or if that's how you say it I don't know maybe it's Jorge um, and then yeah finally we've had an email Dan from Halsey Richard Howells, who we obviously went to uni with, um, who's, uh, who's been living out in Australia. He says, uh, Dear Wood Over Shoulders, hope this email finds you both well. It's been a long time since Yui. Uh, being half Australian, half Welsh, Londoner, now living in Melbourne, uh, Melbourne even, I'm clearly very confused. Firstly, Australian rugby is in a terrible condition uh, and will need a lot of rebuilding to get close to other nations in the next four-year cycle. As a passionate Welsh rugby fan, my heart was broken on Sunday with one of the worst games of rugby I've ever watched. The arm wrestle just went the wrong way and I can't blame Gatlin for his tactics. It very nearly worked. However, it was disappointing to lose without firing a proper shot at South Africa. I've dipped in and out of your pod, mainly focusing around major tournaments, as clearly I'm not that keen on just hearing about England, but loved the demise England had in the last six nations. Of course he did. Uh, I wanted to drop you a line on two counts. One... Massive congrats on 161 plus podcast episodes you've done. That's a huge achievement and they are very entertaining. Two, I was so impressed by England's performance in the semis for the first time in my life, I will, still begrudgingly, be supporting England in the final. This team doesn't seem to have the arrogance slash can't like them aura of the 03 team, uh, which had unlikable characters from a non-English supporter's perspective, like Delalio, Lucy, Cohen, Dawson, etc. This young team has a great style of play and, and are great to watch. I think it will be closer than most people are thinking on Saturday. Finals always are. Best of luck and keep up the good work, Halsey. Mate, that's awesome to hear from Halsey. Halsey, I hope you're well, brother. Um, so, Halsey, one thing I'd say when you say about the 2003 team, is it because you think they were arrogant or is it because of the fact you were surrounded by us pricks who kept rubbing it into your face about how good we were? Uh, because obviously we were all at uni then. Do you remember so, Halsey, for those who don't know, like a mate of ours from <laughs> so uni. everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for everyone. <laughs> uh, the best way to describe Halsey, age 21, 22, balding, uh, loved to wear chinos and a shirt, looked like a complete pussy, was annoyingly tough and annoyingly good at rugby. Um, he looked like, words, like you say, words or Cummings. He looked like that on the pitch, but he was a Welsh fan, which obviously had a massive hindrance on uh, <laughs> on a lot of things. Um, mate, we, mate I, I, I think look, we are missing. You're missing the big the big thing here. He's going to be supporting England. We've, tur- I, I we've turned a Welshman. Mate, I, I, I still don't fully trust it. I think how's he's going to turn up on the day and just be like, ha ha, just kidding, fuck you, bitches. Um, <laughs> it's, but... it's, it's quite possible. It's quite possible. <laughs> um, I guess the thing is, if you're a Welsh fan, you just got knocked out by South Africa. It's a tough call to say yeah, you want to support yeah. the team that just knocked you out of the World Cup. Um, yeah, it's, it's a good call, but it, mate, it's great to hear from him. Mate. Actually, hope... actually, if you're a Welsh fan, you almost want England to to win so that come Six Nations, you've got a shot at the World Champions. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. Um, it, it's, that's a good email. I like what you said, and I agree what you said about the, the Welsh game. And 
And Warren Gatland, as much as with Mugden Mohovic, he's a great coach. Of course, and, of course. And, and like you said, that game could have gone either way. It's easy now to say Wales should have done this, more should have done that. But actually, if they'd won, it would have been the perfect game plan. So, uh, you know, it's, it's such a tough one. Wales have achieved a lot recently, and they're just not as good as England. <laughs> In, indeed. Dan, I want to ask you about... So, so England are looking relaxed and calm and composed. And obviously, you know, this is one of the things I'm loving about this team at the moment. Um, and, and it's not an arrogant... It's not an arrogance. You know, they, they just look like they're consummate professionals, that they're constantly working hard. They, you know, they, they have a goal. They want to keep getting better. Um, there doesn't seem to be any of that... I say any of that arrogance. I, I personally, obviously, as an England fan, we didn't see that... Um, and I'm sure it's the same for everyone. You know, we talk about arrogant Kiwis and arrogant Welsh and you know, arrogant Scots and Irish and blah blah blah. I'm sure every nation thinks that of of the teams that they're playing against. But this team just it, they do their talking on the pitch, and and they're getting better with each game. And it's games like the New Zealand match. Um, you know, I sent you that picture. Uh, before, yeah, yeah, I, I love that. I'm getting it framed, regardless <laughs> of the that. result on Saturday, because when you see a picture of Owen Farrell smirking with the entire All Blacks team down on one knee, now admittedly, you know, if you know what the hacker is. It's part of their war dance, but the picture just looks like they're bowing to him, and it's amazing. <laughs> um, and he's got that smirk on his face, and I love it. It's just, it's, it's great, and it's not an arrogance. Um, you know, obviously it's being called that, but it's, it's not. And bottom line is, you know, arrogance, and confidence, fine line, and it's about backing it up. So it, it was, it was interesting because obviously we touched on this last time, but England have officially now been fined two grand for. Um, is it two or but, two and a half? Uh, t- two grand, according to the article I read. It was right. two grand on BBC. And a few things here. Firstly, what and to New Zealand's massive credit, Steve Hansen and Dane Coles both said, I thought it was awesome. Yeah. They accepted the challenge. So fair play to New Zealand. New Zealand, this is not anything New Zealand have done. This is world rugby. And secondly, quite frankly, two grand to not be a bitch worth the money I oh, think 100% I'd... worth it Look, 64, yeah. it's £64.52 each for if, you, if you're only charging if you're charging the entire 31 um, yeah. you know e- e- even if you decided to go with the 23 on the day you know it's only £86.96 so nice I, li- I like that quick, quick I think mental that arithmetic I... I don't have a calculator in front of me I think before I paid two, band, two grand to be someone's bitch so you know it, it, it's fine yeah it's well, fine <laughs> maybe what you're saying New Zealand should pay <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Interestingly, I so so obviously this is this is kind of erupted on Twitter and everyone's saying how outrageous it is and of course you've got all the the sort of the to be fair most Kiwi fans saying they think it's outrageous too. I don't think there are many people that genuinely believe that it's a fair that like that that's the right the right call. But then you have those noises that are saying, um, well, the rules are the rules. They've been told they're not allowed to step over the halfway line. If you step over the halfway line, you should accept the consequences. Which fair enough, but you know. So I so I thought well I'll do some nausea digging myself, and I found the photo of of it, the whole thing being performed. And if we're going to go down the rule of, you know, rules are rules because at the end of the day England were what half a meter, maybe a meter over the line, meter and a half if you if you're Joe Marler. It wasn't a lot. It wasn't like they were seriously encroaching on the All Blacks' personal space. Um, but if you look closely, Kieran Reid, who's supposed to stand behind the ten meter line, clearly has at least his big toe of his left foot hanging over the line 
And if, <laughs> if rules are rules, I'm just, <laughs> if rules are rules, Dan, I'm just saying, you know, precedent has now been set. Um, it, it, you're, it's you're, worth the fine. It's it's a bit of a joke. It, I'm glad that the All Blacks have come forward, or that you know, they've got people who've come forward and just said what what's going on. Like, don't be ridiculous. You know, this is this is part of the game, and and we love it. <laughs> Unfortunately, I think all of this, everything that's happened with the hacker, um, and particularly now this incident, um, it's all leaning towards the the hacker changing. Um, and I and I as much as I love it, and I don't want to lose it from from rugby because i think it's great it's a great spectacle it's it's lost its culture you know they, they they talk about it being a cultural thing is it really though i mean if you look back at that that hacker from yeah. the, the 1970s that was the hacker and yeah, now I, and now you look at it and it's been turned into a, a, a you know with throat slitting and all the rest of it and you know it's been yeah. turned into something very different hang on so it's it's also been commercialized because it's been used in various forms of advertising and I think all of that aside, if there are going to be these issues where where the opposition are being made to line up in front of them and, you know, there are rules about where they can stand and how they can act and what they can do, then I think at the very least, it needs to be taken off the table as the last act before kickoff and it needs to happen before the anthems. Because it's it's not right that you should tell the opposing team that they have to stand in a line and face this this thing as a rule and then not you know and then you sort of have these stringent what you're not allowed to do uh, in response to it type rules i just i just think if it's cultural then it's not about the impact it has on the opposition it's just about doing this thing that that means a lot to you so why does it need to be the last act before kickoff have it before the before the um the anthems it can still have its its cultural place in the game um you know the all blacks can still get whatever they want to get from it the opposition don't need to face it. The opposition, you know, can do what they want to do. Um, the crowds can turn up and watch it if that's what they want to do. The, the, you know, the, the um, from from an advertising perspective, um, you know, the sponsorship perspective, and everything else, it, it's all still there. But it stops becoming a potentially beneficial tool for the All Blacks, which, let's be honest, it is because it's designed to psych the All Blacks up. And I know that lots of players have come forward saying they loved it and it psyched them up too. But but it, I think when you when you set such stringent rules for how oppositions are allowed to deal with it, you're automatically giving an advantage to the All Blacks. And in professional sport, when when you know it's not like it was a bit of fun like back in the amateur days. You know this is professional sport. People's livelihoods relying on results and everything else. You just can't have even the even the slightest risk of giving one side an advantage over another. So. So a couple of things here. Firstly, for those who don't realise, you might think Andy's joking with Manta. He 100% watched that video and 100% would have measured Kieran Reid's feet. And why, why, are you needing, out. why are you needing to tell people that? I just told people that. <laughs> I, I know, but people might be like, oh, he's just joking. No, no jokes, and, no jokes. Yeah, Andy did that. You're lucky you're married, otherwise you would never get laid again. But, it, mate, I disagree. I, I love that hugger. I think it's part of it. I, I don't want to change it. Two, two grand fines almost from World Rugby, like, we kind of have to because we set the rules. I, I, I don't really care. I, I'm like, whatever. I actually think the fact we're talking about it, to me, shows why it's worth having because it adds drama, it adds a spectacle. But, but wait, so you, I like so, it. So you think that it... Because that, let's be honest, what we love most about it is when there's drama, when there's a spectacle. 
which only happens when people break the rules, which means we're basically saying the hacker's only good if you're not not a Kiwi when people are getting fined. Like it's just it's fundamentally, I, I, as I said, I don't want to get rid of it. I think it's great. Um, no, I, I'm not I, buying into the to the cultural side of it the way that they imply because I don't think that's the reason that they actually do it. I think if it was, oh, there'd be absolutely I, no. If if it genuinely was the reason, there'd be no debate about they wouldn't care when they did it like look what happened with when wales said you can do it but you have to do it before the anthems because we're gonna we're gonna sing we're gonna sing our anthem after it and they said fine we'll do it in the changing rooms then you know they kind of they wouldn't do it out on the pitch unless wales let them do it as the last act before kickoff well pretty sure that the hacker which wasn't designed for rugby even though it has been redesigned for rugby reinvented for rugby um it it doesn't it's you know it's it's not unless you're getting an advantage from it why does I, it need I, to be the last act before kickoff? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know about that, and I don't mind. I like the spectacle of it. I remember seeing it at, at Twickenham once, where it wasn't a drama hugger. It was just a sad one. I thought it was brilliant. Um, I, I'm not going to comment on the cultural aspect of it, because I just don't know. I, I think it's massively important to the Kiwis, though, and I don't want to it, it, and I don't want undermine that. It's 100% important. I just question what that importance is. Whether it's truly about, uh, you know, respecting history and culture, or whether it's about we've always done it. It's it's part of our rugby team thing that we do, and we like the fact that it, you know, because you bottom line, look at that picture when the roles were when when the kind of the the sort of the 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 image is reversed following a, a defeat, and you're looking at this picture of the All Blacks on their knees in front of Owen Farrell, who's there with his hands on his hips, looking like some sort of, you know, victorious warrior. Um, uh, that, like Cersei's that, 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 yeah? like from 300. Um, okay. Um, <laughs> but, but, you know, that's, that's, that. I, I just feel like that's what the All Blacks are trying to use it oh, for, yeah. is to give themselves a little bit of a sort of advantage. Oh, maybe, but as it turned out... Yeah, on this occasion, work. yeah, yeah, 100% on this occasion. But, but, I, but this all comes back to the point about you're getting fined for standing two metres over the halfway line. World rugby yeah. needs need to be... You know, I, I just think you should be able to respond to it however you like within the rules of what is a kind of acceptable in the game. So, obviously, you go up and you actually start a fight with them. Yeah, that's obviously not acceptable. Yeah, that, that, But if that's you want to front up to it, pff, why not? Yeah. So, so how about so that on on this note? Because obviously today's the key is about Saturday. Yeah, we're talking about the wrong team. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, but 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 it's fine because I think I think as a thing, I mean, there's no sort of uh, there's there's no sort of play or showcase that's going to necessarily show the confrontation. Do you think on Saturday there'll be anything before the game, any mind games before the game that either team will try and play? To get one over, whether it be oh, I, five, I, five minutes late out of the changing room or whatever. No, do I don't think not for a World Cup final. I think they're going to they're all going to want to be on that pitch, soaking up as much as they possibly can, aren't they? I, I would imagine. I, hope so. I don't think I there'll hope be games so. like that. I, I'm sure there'll be a few uh, shots fired in the media. Um, I, you know, I know Erasmus has said that he's not going to get involved in all of that, but I'd be amazed if there isn't something fired from well, his camp yeah. in respect to Farrell's tackling. Um, it even hasn't really yet, though. It's Thursday, and it hasn't really yet. No, no, but there's still time, Dan. There is, there is. Mark my words, we'll see something. Eddie, Eddie will have some comment. Apart from anything else, it's about getting in the referee's head as well. You know, they all want to get advantage. You know, England are in. 
would, would you say a unique position? No, they're probably not. So, so he ref, did he he ref the the Wales and Africa game, didn't he? What Jerome Gar says? No, yeah. he refs our match. What? No, 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 no obviously he refed our match against Australia. Uh, Australia, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. He he refed me a Wales South Africa match. He's actually he did ref Wales South Africa, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. He's, so he so is that advantage good. is that advantage South Africa because they went on to win that game? No, 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 not or, at all. Or is it advantage think... England because England have obviously, you know, well against Australia, England clearly had the advantage significant. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I know that I know referees are you know. Professional yeah. uh, and they're not going to. They don't have a preference and blah blah blah. But the bottom line I, is certain things stick in your head. Yeah, I, I don't think it'll make a difference because there was no major incidents in yeah. either occasion. The, the big one is at scrum time. You know, it's such a fifty-fifty call these days. Uh, and if you can get on the right side of the referee, if you can convince the referee that you're the team that's you know in the ascendancy, then that can be a massive advantage for the rest of the game. Um, and obviously, Australia tried to put pressure, particularly on Kyle Sinclair, and you know he dealt with it. Um, but that's going to be a, a you know talk about arm wrestles. Um, that's going to be a big a big part of this as well. Is just convincing Jerome Garces that you know we are the team that are in the right. Because once once he sees it a certain way, it's very difficult to see it the other way because they're such fifty fifty calls often. Yeah, it could, the, the scrum battle is going to be huge. Um, I actually think Jerome Garcez has been brilliant in this tournament. I'll be, I'll be really, I'm not really interested to see because I don't think. Do you know who the TMO ref is? <laughs> who do you think? Please tell me it's not Ben Keith or whatever. Uh, yeah. And it's, Are you kidding? It's not Keith, is it? It's, um, ben Skeen. Oh, oh Skeen, the Kiwi guy. Yeah. The, the, oh, the one who it. said to Jerome, uh, yeah, mate, that's, um, that's forward. Uh, yeah. No, sorry, they're okay. I'm okay with both of those. And Garcez is like, what are you on about? Like, they're both forward quite clearly. So I guess the good news is we've got a referee who's not who's prepared to you know overrule the TMO. Yeah. Um, which I think is important because a couple of times I felt in the England-New Zealand game, there was a couple of times when you it almost felt like... Um, it almost felt like he was sort of apologising for the decisions he was making because the TMO had spoken and therefore he had to make these decisions. I I, I think it's strong enough. Yeah, like you say, it's good. But Jerome Garcet, I, I, I think Nigel Owens definitely as well. But I think Jerome Garcet is strong enough to say, shut up, dickhead. That, that, that's, <laughs> I really that, hope that's exactly what he says. That would be amazing. Yeah, <laughs> that would be amazing. Chick, 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 chick. Um, yeah, so let's hope we don't have too many of those uh, in the game on Saturday. Um, I want to I want to turn back down to the this this phrase that seems to be have been used rather a lot recently which is arm wrestle we've used it ourselves a few times in this episode was was saturday was, you know with looking at south africa wales was that an arm wrestle i mean both teams seem pretty yeah, happy I've, to just keep kicking the ball back to the opposition and trying to let them make mistakes i don't think that's an arm wrestle you know an arm wrestle to me is a super physical uh, a super physical game two defenses absolutely clattering each other and, you know, it's literally like trying to squeeze over the line. And it didn't feel like that to me. Neither team really offered much of an attacking threat. I, I, yeah, I struggle, I struggle to, I struggle to yeah. see that one as an arm wrestle. I, I, I think it's an arm wrestle as in, I, I, more, think, the I think the metaphors, I think the metaphors meant as in it's... Ballroom dance or, no, that's too... Yeah, too... <laughs> ballroom dance, I, mean, I think that's a better metaphor. Yeah, no, that is a better metaphor. Yeah. It's not a ballroom dance. That, that would suggest, uh, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> ballet was the game on on Saturday. Um, I I think we'll be I think we'll be surprised by South Africa. There's all the chat is about them going and just trying to take the physical game. I actually think I I think it's trying to be almost trying to be like sneaky. I think they'll come out and try and play rugby. I really hope, and I'm sure England will as well, because that's how England are going to win, by coming out and playing rugby. If both teams play rugby to the best of their ability, there's not a doubt in my mind England win this. And win this, what, I'm not saying well by loads, but win it sort of deservedly and because I believe England are the better rugby team. Um, well, so, so Dan, in, in, in both teams, so obviously uh, England have made one change in Ben Spencer, who comes in for the injured Willie Hines. Other than yeah. that, no changes from the, from the semi-final against New Zealand. And in South Africa's case, injured Colby comes back, obviously a massive threat. Um, he's and good. I can't remember who he's in for. Um, sadly, we, I just don't know enough about South African rugby because we just don't, I don't get access to it and I don't see them play enough. Um, so most of it is what I've seen in the World Cup. Um, yeah, he's obviously a major threat um, that needs to be to be dealt with. But he's the only change on the South African side, um, and positionally, everyone else is exactly the same as their semi-final. Two very different semi-finals. Um, yeah. Is this? Would you say that these? The, the, so, so making no changes would imply that they're not going to have a major change in their game plan either. You know, even with Eddie, you know, we've seen we've seen significant changes to to the the makeup of the fifteen. Um, you know, even if the twenty three has remained margin, you know, pretty much the same. Um, we've seen changes to the fifteen, like when he took Farrell out, uh, Ford out, and brought Farrell to, into, inside to ten um, in order to play a slightly different game plan. Do you think this is advantage England? And I appreciate that both teams have made no changes, so you could argue it the other way as well. But giving Eddie that extra time to kind of go, well, they're going to do the same again. No, I, I so I, I, I get what you mean because South Africa didn't. I think South Africa did what they needed to do to beat Wales. Looking at South Africa's players, they've got in the back. They are good enough to still play rugby. And and Chesson Colbert is a great player. He's he's that one change does make a massive threat. Um, you've still got. Bear in mind, you've still got Faf to Clerk. You've still got Okay, Willie so let me pitch it to you in a different way then. For England, they need to go out there. They need to obviously do their job. They need to up their intensity again because it's a World Cup final. It needs a little bit more yeah. than a semi-final. Um, but this is what they've been doing throughout the tournament. And they need to deliver more of the same, really. Just, you know, you, 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 it's, it's working. So don't change it if it's not broken, but just up that intensity and just, you know, step it up another gear because why, why wouldn't you? It's a World Cup final. For me, though, South Africa need a completely new approach because I genuinely think if South Africa play the type of rugby that they played against Wales in the final, they get beaten. Yes, agreed. But so I that's a much Africa, bigger ask to say you've got to go and completely change your approach. In England, you've just got to do more of the same. The reason I don't think it... Yes, so I agree to an extent. Where I slightly disagree, I think South Africa have are capable of playing that attacking rugby and have showed it recently with this team. So I don't think it's asking them to play a brand new game I think it's asking them to play a new game to, compared to what they played to the semi-final whereas you're right with England it's, if England carry on playing how they're playing I, I see, I, I think South Africa are in a lot of trouble if, if South Africa managed to get England into a, a sort of street fight or an, or an arm, arm wrestle. wrestle 
or a ballroom dance, which I yeah. prefer. Um, then that's that's, that's a ballet. Skip rope. <laughs> oh, nice. That's soggy biscuit. Right, um, <laughs> too far. Uh, that's where I think England are in. That's where I think England are in trouble. But I don't think England will play that way. I think you've got two really good teams full of good players playing rugby. And I'll, I'll be really intrigued as to how South Africa play. They will 100% try and take some physically up front. I, I think they'll realise fairly quickly, I hope they'll realise fairly quickly, that's not going to work that well because we have got the strength up front as well as the mobility up front. And if it came to a point where up front, say in the scrum, they were just getting better of us, we've got Marla, we've got Cole. It's it's something we can, you know, it's, we've got the remedy to that fairly quickly. So it's it's going to be a really interesting i think this is the most rugby we've ever spoken about uh-huh. it's it's going to be a really interesting like the strategies of both teams but it's i i agree with you slightly because england need to do much of the same but it's it, you know they did much of the same against the team the south africans will be so physical so don't, don't forget don't forget we have so ready and, we do. and you know he's a tactical genius. Like he he'll have a plan. They'll be working on things specifically for South Africa um, because they've done it for every single game that they've played in. So when I say more of the same, you know, it's not going to be the same game plan. It's it's going to be slightly it's going to be adapted for South Africa. And I, and that's not to say that South Africa won't won't be doing the same thing um, in preparation for taking on England. But England just ha- seem to have you know going back to those words, you know. Calm, composed, clinical. Um, they've been so good at identifying what needs to be done and making it happen. And you know, maybe if things did go wrong, maybe people would say, "Oh, they've only got one game plan. It's the one that they've prepared." But you know, they don't. They've 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 played in multiple different ways in this World Cup. They've shown their ability to adapt. Um, and yeah, they've always been on the front foot. But I, I think I said to you months ago when we were talking about this idea of uh, England are only good when they're on the front foot. You can't start planning for not being on the front foot. You have to back yourselves to put yeah. yourselves in the position to be, in, be on the front foot. And yeah, you need to be able to react when that doesn't work. But you need to be going into the game saying, no, we're going to control this. We're going to get ourselves on the front foot. And actually, the, the, the plan when you're not on the front foot is to reverse that and get back on the front foot again. So yes, South Africa can, are going to be physical. Um, but like you say, I think England have, you know, they have what it takes to, to soak that up and to be pretty physical themselves, so um, it'll be a, it, w- it will be an interesting arm wrestle. Um, I saw a brilliant meme, and I'm gutted that it was it, that it wasn't the other way around. But you'll like this. It was a picture of Vermeulen, and it had the words "Vernapola, who's she?" Oh, naughty! <laughs> that's very that's very naughty. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, I, it's quite funny though yeah, it's one that's um, chuckle randomly throughout the rest of the episode it will do every now and again I'll be like <laughs> uh, it's uh, I had something to say then that's completely thrown me off whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, it was obviously well, an important thing yeah 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 obviously important uh, I yeah I, I, I'm not I'm not only concerned we've we, we got to bear in mind South Africa have and you have the sort of if the clerk who's world class yep. does have this great game, you've got the likes of Janji, you've got the likes of staying on the bench. They have still got 
an awesome bench and they can come on, they can threaten. But- I, think, I think the good thing about the uh, Faf uh, being one of their major threats is that he plays in England. And so the, these boys all have played against him regularly and they know they know how he plays. Yeah. Um, you know, where, where other teams, where Southern Hemisphere teams, a lot of other teams who don't play their domestic rugby in England get far less exposure to this guy as a, as a player. Um, so I think there's there's definitely an advantage there in dealing with him. That said, he was, for his standards, pretty average against Wales. So, you know, I'd expect him to up his game massively. But um, if he does play the way that he did against Wales, I think he's less of a threat anyway. Um, so, that, you know, you've got to assume he's going to up his game. You've got to assume that they, they're all going to up their game for sure. Um, but I, I, again, though, I think, you know, England, England are, going to, are going to deal with him. I, I think so. I, I think Faf de Klerk's too good a player to not have a good game. Faf will um, dart. Underhill will destroy. Under, Underhill will bury, not he'll, destroy. He'll, he'll pick I, him up. He'll pick him up. He'll carry him 20 yards back towards his own line. And then he'll carefully put him down in a very, very legal manner. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he'll just go and do that again and again and again. Uh it yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting one. Um a quick question for you, slightly Ooh. off topic before I want to talk about some stats that I think are quite interesting. Um there's been a lot of talk about George Ford overcoming the adversity of being dropped to the bench against Australia and he's come back again, you know, to be called back in against New Zealand and, and to put in such a good performance against them and you know, is it you know, is he finally out from under Farrell's shadow and all this sort of stuff? I wanna ask you two things. One, do you think do you think he sees it like that? You know, do you think he sees it as he was dropped? Um, and and I guess in, in the same vein, you know, is it is it really a twenty three or is it a fifteen plus eight from a player's perspective? So a couple of things, a few things there. Firstly, it's not George Ford; it's Lord Ford. Lord Ford. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, Secondly, it's definitely a twenty-three. The last Rising Suns episode, I, I, I know you will have watched. But Eddie, when they showed the thing, right? We, what we're going to play now is our finishing twenty-three, and he named it. And this is before kickoff, and he'd named exactly how he finished the New Zealand game. So Eddie does play a twenty-three. It's not just you know, it's, it's not just him. Well, just he's, I think saying he's, that. he's said, hasn't he? He picks. They, they they pick their finishing twenty three. Sorry, they pick their finishing fifteen before they pick yes. their starting fifteen. And obviously, yeah. there's a you know, the vast majority of those are playing eighty minutes. But but yeah, the point being that that that, that actually the the key is those eight players that are going to finish the game, and then it's you know. And I guess you, <laughs> I, I wouldn't say that Cole and Marla were the more important props. Um, because I think what Sink and um, and Mako offer rugby in general is just something a bit special. But they have yeah. they all have their roles to play, and you know when Cole and Marla come on, you know they bring something very different. Um, and I guess I guess therefore, in terms of the attacking threat that the pack offers, it's it's like okay, job done. Because the last twenty minutes, it's all about the backs, and the pack need to just become a bit more old school and a bit more just sort of maybe aggressive and just bring a kind of an uplift in, in, in physicality. And yeah, I, I, I completely agree with that. And one of the best things that's happened to this England team is I believe this Leicester being so shit last yeah. year, and the, because like we say, Lord, Lord Ford 
was awesome last year on constantly on bat ball. He he now I think the fact that he's got that experience. If we find ourselves in that position, I don't believe we will. If we do, he's got it. He's like, don't he worry, I've got this. Yeah. I, I know what's going on, boys. Don't worry about it. It's, do you, um, Do you think, short of injury, do you think we'll see Spencer playing on Saturday? Uh, good question. Do I think we'll see Spencer playing? Um, so I think there's two cases. I, I think the plan is probably to keep Ben Youngs on as long as possible. I think if if we've got a comfortable lead, because Ben Spencer controls the game very well. I think if we're perhaps, say, as we were against New Zealand, with, say, I don't know, nine minutes to go, we're 19-7 up, as we were against New Zealand. Spencer's not a bad person to bring on. He can control the game very well. I think we'll see Spencer at some point. Fine. So he'll definitely but use... I don't think it'll be long. I don't think, I think it will see him for... 10 minutes. I, we, we, I don't think we'll see him for 20, 25 minutes. Yeah, 10 minutes sort of scenario. Interesting. Okay. Um, so I want to leave you with some interesting stats uh i've tried to keep this uh fair because i think you know there, there is a response from from the south african side and the and, and bottom line stats don't mean jack shit when it comes down to the game on saturday but they're still fun to uh, to look at so the first one which is which is awesome which is all about england england lost to australia in 1991 12 years later they beat them in the final in 2003 england lost to south africa in 2007 12 years later they played them in the final in 2019. Nice. Like that nice. One. Uh, I like that one a lot. Unfortunately, South Africa's response would be South Africa have won every three years, 95, 07, and it's now 19. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, South Africa have never lost a final. Admittedly, they've only been in two. So this is their yeah. third one. But, you know, it's still, it's a stat. Yeah. Um, whereas this is England's fourth final. Uh, it's our third. Are you sure? Yeah. No, uh, no, oh, no, 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 it's not four. 91, 03, 07, and now this one. It's yeah, our fourth. It's our fourth. Yeah, yeah. Come on, Dan, you're the England rugby pod. Got yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry, been in the final. Uh, Obviously, the big one, no team has ever lost a game and gone on to win the Rugby World Cup. Yeah, they, yeah, that's uh, true. And so but... obviously lost to New Zealand. Yeah. So this this would be a first if they were able to to turn England over. So, yeah. Obviously, the only real important one there is lose to Australia 91, 12 years later, beat them in 03. Lose to South Africa 07, 12 years later, beat them in 2019. 2019. This is it. This is so big. I This this puts me, I feel like we've been quite understated, but all week we've just been building up, building up, building up. We, we need to sort of try and hold back the excitement. This is... Uh, to a lot of people, this is going to be the biggest... To a lot of England fans, this is going to be the biggest rugby match we'll ever watch. I hope... So, a question I've got for you, then. Can... I know that everyone always says it. It's just another game and things. And all the England players are saying that. But that's not real. I mean, if they win this game... Here's the reality. If they win this game, it changes their life for good. For good. How oh, much... Somaro so, so Ovitoje becomes Somaro Ovitoje. Yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. Uh, Cornwall changes to a Toje. That's the county will be named a Toje. I don't know why Cornwall. <laughs> why Cornwall? Yeah. He's from, yeah, he's not from a Cornwall. No, but, he's not. Um, <laughs> but uh, but it will be. It's such a huge game. I think what I believe here is Eddie's the right man to keep that under check. Yeah, hundred percent. This is not his first rodeo. 
It's not. Um, you know, he's he's been he took Australia to the final in '03. Uh, he uh, was involved South with South Africa in 07. in 07. Now, obviously, with England in 19. Obviously, the upset with Japan in 15. Uh, you know, he's been involved in 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 massive massive World Cup related things. Um, you know, he he he's got so much experience when it comes to this, and I think he'll know exactly how to manage the players and manage expectations and manage uh, and keep them calm, cool, collected because it is it is important that they see this as just another game. And I think yeah. I get what you're saying. Like, can you really see a World Cup final as just another game? I think this England team under Eddie Jones can. I, I, I think they can as much as it's possible to do that. I mean, it's still a World Cup final. I mean, that's yeah, yeah. not... But I think that's... That, I think I, I think it's at 80 minutes when the game is over. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and England have won. That's when you see... That's when you see the England team just kind of, you know, it's like break the spell. <laughs> the yeah. The Jones spell gets broken at that point and, and that's when they can be themselves and celebrate and it'll be interesting to see... Um, you know, it'll be, be good to see like some of the personalities just see their reaction when... When all the pressure is finally just gone, um, I just like, hope that we get so to see it. huge. This is so huge. I am ridiculously pumped for this. I am looking forward to this game so much. And do you know what? And this is my personal opinion. Whatever happens, I think this England team has done us massively proud this World Cup. And oh, without it, question. And you know. Thanks very much, guys. If, as was suggested, if any of you are listening, best of luck for Saturday. We are hundred percent believe in you. We believe you'll do it, and I, I believe we're going to be world champions, and I believe we deserve to be world champions. And oh my god, this is come on, boys, come on. This is this is so. This is it. This, this is, is it. our year, mate. The this calm, is our year. the calm, Dan, calm, the calm, calm, calm. before the storm. Uh, yeah. Guys, thank you so much for joining us in our officially our penultimate episode, but it's not because regardless of what we do going forwards, we'll obviously be doing post-World Cup uh, episodes because it's going to need digesting, whatever happens. Um, so there will be some more to come, but obviously it's all been building to Saturday. Um, so yeah, not, not, uh, not long to go now. Amazing. Those of you that have been with us since the beginning, Seriously, amazing. Um, but also, you, uh, anyone who's just joining us now um, and, and has been and been with us throughout, uh, huge, huge thanks to all of you guys um, for tuning in and for for reaching out to us and commenting. Um, keep those coming. There's still time. Uh, email us englandrugbypod at gmail dot com, or you can get to, get in hold, hold of us on uh, on social media at englandrugbypod. Um, and of course, there's still you know if you want to head, head over to iTunes, rate us, review us, let us know what you think over there. That's also uh, awesome. Um, and yeah, we will be back bright and breezy, maybe not breezy, definitely bright and early Saturday morning for the 2019 Rugby World Cup final, England against South Africa, history in the making. <laughs>